thank you for tuning in. This is Trenton Stevix, pastor at Mid County Baptist Church in Nederland. Today, I want to give you a simple thought regarding out of 1 Kings chapter 17. We've been going through the life of Elijah, and I just want to share this with you tonight. 1 Kings chapter 17, and verse number 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was sore, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What hath I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Thou art come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son. And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon, this, upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came in unto him again. And he revived, and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God. And that the word of Lord is in thy mouth is truth. So just a couple thoughts regarding this. Regarding this, number one is just the trials that uh, that Elijah went through. We seen last week or the 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 verses before, which was the widow and how God provided for him and the widow, and this was the widow's son. This was. This was in the middle of, of uh, God providing for him because if you look in verse number 16, the mar- barrel of meal wasted not. And so here he was eating all that he could eat and uh, it never wasted. So well, let's look, number one, at the place of the trials, the place of the trials. And verse number 16, again, going back to that verse that I just quoted, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail not. When did, when did the trial come? In the middle, in the middle of them being obedient to God, uh, Elijah was being obedient to God. He, uh, the the widow was being obedient to God. The widow was feeding Elijah. Elijah was where God wanted him to be. Elijah was still doing everything that God asked him to do, and yet here came the trial. Here came the son's death that was given in verse number seventeen, verse number eighteen, and he died in the middle. Of good thing, and he died in the middle of them being obedient. And see, we can look at this in our life that trials will come in the middle of us being obedient, in the middle of us doing right. Look, not only did it come in the middle of his obedience, but it came in the middle of his service. Elijah had given his life to God, and he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He was serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and the and the trial still came. Uh, many people think that if you're obedient, many people think that if you serve God, you're going to be. There's not going to be any trials. There's not going to be. Any tri- uh, there's not going to be tempt, um, trouble times. But but here it is in the middle of them doing right, 
in the middle of them obeying, in the middle of them serving God, they still had a trial. Not only we see that it was in the middle of their obedience, in the middle of their service, but also in the middle of their blessing. In verse, uh, in Psalms chapter number 34 and verse 19, the Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. So even the righteous are afflicted. Uh, Psalms chapter 41, uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse 51, And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house, even in the middle of blessings, even in the middle of blessings, when you feel like nothing can go wrong, there still can be a trial. And this trial, the place of the trial, was in the middle of his blessings, in the middle of his service, in the middle of his obedience. Um, then also you can look at the previous trials. When did the previous trials take place? In the middle of everything else as well. Um, and she did... Uh, the widow did according to the saying of Elijah. Mm. So number one, we see the place of the trials. Number two, we see the cause of the trial. Look in verse number 18. The Bible says, And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? So first of all, we see, as, as we look at the cause of the trial, Elijah was blamed that he he was the result of this. Elijah's fault that we have a trial going on. It was Elijah's fault that my son died. It was Elijah's fault that he's dead. Why? He's come. What, what did you come here for, Elijah? You come that my son would be killed? And, uh, man, many times we look at our trials and we begin to blame people, we begin to blame individuals. We look at the preacher. Oh, it's the preacher's fault. No, look at this. Then also we see that the lady is blamed. In verse, same verse, he says, Art thou come? unto me to call my sin to remembrance. She's blaming her sin. The lady is blaming her sin caused this trial. But if you look at this at this trial, and you look at many trials that we go through in life, the difficult times, it's not necessarily because of the preacher's fault, um, because of our sin. That, that, that's not the reason why the trial came. Simply, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So sometimes... We, we experience trials not not because of our sin and not because of the preacher. Bible says in, in John chapter 9, verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned. It's not this man's fault that he sinned, that he's, he's, he has an ailment. And it's not his parents' fault, is what the Bible says, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So sometimes trials come and trials go so that God would be made manifest. And they would, they would show God's truth. Not only is Elijah blamed in this text, but the ladies blamed in this text. And then the Lord is blamed in this text. Look at verse number 20, 1 Kings chapter 17. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? So even Elijah then places the blame on God. He, not only do we see the blame go to Elijah, we see the blame go to the woman and her sin, and then we see the Lord being blamed. Why is the Lord being blamed? But if we would be honest, many times that we go through a fiery trial, sometimes we want to blame God for the trial. We want to blame and get upset at God and get upset at that. You go to Job in the book of in the book of Job. Why did why did Job go through a trial? It wasn't because of his sin. It wasn't because of God, and it wasn't because of 
it wasn't because of uh, his wife. It was because Satan. And many times we go through trials in life. And it's not because of God. And it's not because of our sin. It's not because of other people. It's because of Satan. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. We have trials simply for us. Sometimes it is for us. Sometimes we go through trials just for us, for our growth. Okay, so we see, first of all, we see the place of a trial. We see the cause of the trial. Then number three, let's look at the conduct of the trial. Look what, look what took place in the trial. What, what, what took place in verse number 19? And he said, Elijah said to her, he said, give me your son. And he took him out of her bosom, out of her hands, out of her... Out of, she was laying on top of him and carried him up into a loft and he abode there and where he abode and laid him upon his bed. So he took this son and took him to his room up in the up in the attic, up in the loft. And he cried. Look at verse number 20. And he cried. And verse uh, and again he says and, and cried in verse number 21. You look. Um, he prayed. In the middle of this trial, in the middle of this, uh, his son was dead. Uh, Elijah prayed. So see some four different things how he prayed. Number one, he prayed earnestly. In verse number 20 and verse 21, he cried out to God. Oh, God, please help this child. And he cried. Uh, not only did he cry, but also number two is he prayed specifically for this child. And in verse number 21, And I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And he cried unto God. And he asked God, let this child's soul come into him again. It was too many times we pray so broadly. We just want to, yeah, yeah, just pray for general terms. But sometimes we need to pray specifically. And he prayed specifically that the child's soul would come into him again. Then number three, he prayed boldly. Again, that same verse, 21, he says, Let this child's soul come into him again. Elijah had never seen anybody raised from the dead. Elijah had never seen someone get up out of the tomb, out of the dead. But there he was. He said, God, bring this child back. What a bold statement. What a bold ask. So many times when we go through a trial. So we need, we need to be bold about asking God for help. Be bold. Be bold. He prayed earnestly. He prayed specifically. He prayed boldly. Then he prayed privately in verse number 19. Where did he go? He didn't go out there in the middle of the field so everybody could see him. He didn't go out there in the middle uh, of the house and say, come on, let's bring the crowd in and pray over him. No, he took him to his room and he prayed privately. Uh, so many times we want the pat of the back on, on our when we pray, but he didn't want that. He didn't want everybody to see what was going on. And he prayed over him. And in verse number 21, look at verse 21. And he stretched himself upon the child three times. He prayed on. He prayed. He prayed in the middle of his trial. The conduct in this trial was that he was going to pray. And too many times in the conduct of our trial, we want to blame God and quit and run away. So number three. So number one, we see. Number three, we see the conduct in the trial. Number one, we see the place of the trial and the cause of the trial. And the conduct of the trial. And then lastly, number four, we see the product of the trial. In verse number 22, what took place? And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah after he prayed earnestly and specifically and boldly and privately. And the, heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came in unto him. 
and he revived. The product of this, the product of this trial was that this son came alive. The son came alive. Well, I'm telling you that no matter what we go through, no matter what it is that we go through in life, if we will we'll go through our trial and we look at look look how he went through his trial. Look at the place of his trial. Look at the cause of his trial. Look at the conduct of his trial. Look at the product of his trial. And if we look at these in our life, we can come out just like he did and praise God at the end of our trial and, and have joy at the end of our trial. Man, and he revived. But there's a conduct that we must take place that must take place in the middle of our trial. And we see what it is. And he prayed. Hope that's a help to you. God bless.